Hey friends, it's Allison. This is the first official Podlander Drunkcast trigger warning. If you are a person who is triggered by sexual violence or the language of abusers, you might not want to listen to this episode. We will make it up to you in the future. If you're sticking with us, then um, enjoy the show. There we go. I used my scarf. <laughs> Growlers are really heavy. Thanks. <laughs> God, that looks delicious. We're going to get some. Uh, so I came up with what I think is a pretty decent coping strategy for this episode. Yeah. Can I share it with you guys? Please. All right. So it went like this. I'd be watching the episode and something terrible would happen. Mm-hmm. And inspired by Claire's literal closing her eyes and thinking of England in season two, I decided every time something awful happened, I would stop, turn away, take a moment, and think of that goddamn cookie monster brooch. <laughs> <laughs> it would work. I'd just, I'd go, well, which is appropriate because we see that cookie monster brooch in the scene where Jamie is getting his back turned into a Cornish game hen. Yes. So it's appropriate. And I would go, oh, Oh, Cookie Monster Brooch. Cookie Monster Brooch is there. Uh, whoa. That was really funny. You guys, sometimes in podcasting land, something goes wrong, and then we stop, and Aaron fixes it, and then we just go back to doing things like nothing ever happened, and it's very weird. In this case, I feel just compelled to share that I've been sick for like, I don't know, going on three weeks now, uh, and the cold has moved mostly into my ears. Whatever Aaron just fixed means that now I'm only in one of my headphones. Mm-hmm. And it made me vaguely dizzy (laughs) because I've been so like clogged on one side or the other. And it is actually this ear that's mostly clogged, but I also have a headache on this side of my face. Mm -hmm. It's all very confusing. It's very sad. Anyway. Well, you look good. Well, thank you. Hey, that's our guest. You guys, we have a guest today. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. And this is Podlander Drunkcast, an Outlander podcast featuring Amanda Louder. Yay! That's me. Yay! I'm so excited she's here. She's got a lot of stuff to talk to us about today because, okay, you guys, come in real close. Come away from Allison. So, uh, I don't know if you picked this up last time, but I totally made Amanda watch the shittiest episode. (laughs) (laughs) And I really meant to make her watch the one that wasn't so horrible, but then she's a fucking trooper, and so she watched this one. But she also has a lot of sweet stories to tell us about her mother, who's obsessed with Outlander. Hopefully that'll balance the Exactly. We can, like, have something that's not so horrible, and then kind of dance around the And I think that's necessary in an episode where Black Jack Randall manages to ruin both Lavender and Sam Hewen's ass for us. (laughs) Yes. Right? (sighs) Like, there are so few simple pleasures in this world, and that ass is one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, it really gave his his arms a chance to shine. That's true. That is true. A lot of good biceps. And some thigh. We did see some some really good thigh. Mighty thews. Mighty thews. For the record, Julie kept talking about the previous episode being the worst one, so I've spent a week thinking that she thinks nailing a hand to a table is worse than repeated sexual assault. So (laughs) That's what happened. So today I watched both episodes back to back. Ugh, gross. And um, I realized at the end of Wentworth Prison, I went, oh no. Oh no. And I texted Allison in all caps, 
we made a terrible mistake. It's okay, man. It's cool. So welcome to Amanda. We're so happy she's here. Now, here we are. Season one, episode 16 to ransom a man's soul. So we open and we get the little still shot of a rosary, a Bible, what I can only assume is a little bottle of lavender oil. And then whatever the stick thing is. Well, that's why I wondered if maybe it was holy water, but it does look like there's a little flower in it. And I think it's the same bottle that we see in the episode. Yeah. So I don't know what the little stick is. The little also metal directed thing. by Wand. a woman. The Wand. same woman as the last episode. Correct. What is her name? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I probably should have written that down, huh? No, that's good. I will. I, look, I wasn't even paying attention when it said that, so it's I'm the a, real bummer here. Directed by Anna Forrester. Okay, Anna uh, Forrester. I, was... I screened that last night. It's F O E R S T E R. Forrester. 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 I was feeling particularly uh, up in arms about lady directors this week as. Not only was once again a woman not nominated for the Best Director Oscar, it never fucking happens. I don't know why. I was surprised. I wasn't surprised, in fact. Uh, but there were only two movies nominated, directed by women that were even nominated. Mm. Only two. Tony Erdman and um, The Woman, which is uh, directed by a woman. And, oh, I don't even remember what the other one was. Fuck. We're the problem then, aren't we? Right? Yeah, of course it's um, us. Yeah, we're doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, sucks. Uh, and there's only one woman nominated for original, no, adapted screenplay. And it's the woman who wrote Hidden Figures. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which the, was very good. I saw it yeah, this week. I enjoyed it. I did Isn't too. Isn't it lovely? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, was she also the first black woman to be nominated in Oscars? Uh, no, there's the first uh, African-American woman ever to be nominated for an editing Oscar. Oh. That was mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was this time. So that's good. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a diverse, whatever. Now I've turned movie hate brain on. It's a diverse, <laughs> it's a more diverse Oscars than we usually see. But still but not still enough not ladies. Not yeah. yeah. Moonlight <laughs> should win. Ladies. Moonlight should win. No ladies. Anyway, okay. So, so before we get Anna Forrester, cheers to you. Cheers you did to a you. really good job, and Love you can it. tell because we hate it so much. We yeah. really do. It, it's the good hate. It's not the bad hate. It's because it made me think about disgusting and sad things. Mm-hmm. So before we really, you know, get into it, for lack of a better phrase, Ugh. I'm sorry, you guys. It just happened. Amanda, yeah. Please tell me about. Your parents in Outlander. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, my mom is a super fan. She, <laughs> I asked her, how many times have you read them? She wasn't sure and said, maybe only four. <laughs> She's read the whole series at least four times. Wow. Oh, my God. Um, has she read the novellas, too? Has she read all the Lord John? and the? I didn't ask that, but I'm almost certain cool. if it exists, it has been read and multiple mm-hmm. times. and. Probably the first couple books more. She always rereads the whole thing when something's so, about to. So here's here's my second follow up. Follow up. Yeah, yeah. Follow up. Do you have any idea if she's read The Outlandish Companion, parts one and two? Ooh. If she hasn't, gift idea. Yeah, her birthday's uh, coming up. The Outlandish Companion includes such gems as a floor plan for Lally Brock. <laughs> Ooh. And all kinds of yeah, information you've about talked about this. Herbs. It seems like a yes. great for her. It's um, 
not the most gripping read, but as a person who has also read the books more than once, I enjoyed it. Wow. Um, your mom would probably love She'll it. She'll love also, it. Also, there's a cookbook. There's an Outlander cookbook. Oh, she will not use that, but the rest of it she will enjoy so much. Cool. Anyway, continue. Continue. Um, I actually... Oh, Finding Fraser. We should... She should read Finding Fraser, too. Oh. Uh, Beth Locke is reading this book um, that a friend, her roommate got her for Christmas about a woman who goes to Scotland to find her own Jamie Fraser. Oh, I wondered if it wasn't oh. that bitch. I wondered if it wasn't that bitch. Oh man, I don't know if I can this if I can tell that story. No, you can't. It's there's too many people who know. We'll just tell Allison later. Yeah. Okay, you, you guys, guys, we love you, listeners, yeah. but it's a private thing. Yeah, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. Direct message me, and I'll tell you that story. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is the tale of a woman desiring. Uh, to go to Scotland to find her laird. So, oh, you know, I think I know this one. We'll yeah. revisit anyway. anyway sorry. Uh, okay, continue. So she, um, she's, she said she loves certain. So like certain scenes, she will go back and read or rewatch. Um, the one she brought up was the wedding that she just like has watched and read that many times. I'm gonna also guess that the print shop, Amanda's mom, if you're listening, it's the print shop, right? It is. It is. Just trust me on this. She's read the print shop lots of times. Now, when we listen to this together in a few weeks, she's going to make me pause so she can explain that reference. <laughs> you know what? Don't let her spoil that one for you. Oh, she... Uh, it's she, coming up soon. It's going to... It's It'll happen in season three. Yeah. She was having trouble. She kept stopping herself from spoiling the story for me. I thought that was real generous. <laughs> That's very sweet. <laughs> nice, Mom. Mrs. Loudermilk. Yeah, she's... <laughs> Um, I, she loves, she loves the characters like Jamie and Claire are, they speak to her and like <laughs> they, they resonate with her soul. I, part of it is she, she thinks there's a lot of like Jamie with like my dad. She sees a lot of that in him. So she's, I, is your father also a weak semen? <laughs> <laughs> How uh, often does he go through shirts? That's what I want. Yeah, does he wear a lot of shirts? You know, uh, I I'm gonna plead the fifth on talking about my father, <laughs> body <laughs> slash uh, fair, semen. Fair, um, fair, fair. No, his ability to sail. Yeah, we're talking yeah, about nautical like, skills. Oh, yeah, he's better. At Jamie, he's better than Jamie at sailing. Okay, okay, good. That's I, great. I feel yeah. safe then saying that sentence. Amanda's okay. dad. Yeah. one. Jamie Fraser, zero. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Not many men can say that. Right. Well, she's, so it's it's that there's this this real protective masculine thing, but also this very sensitive side that appreciates strong women. Mm-hmm. It really gets her going. And <laughs> um, but she also like she has the same thing for well, Braveheart with the caveat of before Mel Gibson turned out to be just too bad. <laughs> uh, but also not too bad for the Oscars. Oh, God. Not too bad for the Oscars. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. She loves Highlander, but Christopher oh, yeah. Lambert. I mean, I mean really, yeah, who cares? Yeah. Mm. Uh, what? You're, you're into that? He's. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a yes. She watched Tarzan of Gray's Lake and tell me what you think of Christopher Lambert. You know what? That. Noted. Noted. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Uh, he's Tom. A, he's a piece of man. My fellow's name is Tom. Tom once tried to convince me that Highlander is more iconic than Dirty Dancing. He's ridiculous. I took a, a Twitter poll about it, and it was not close. <laughs> and Highlander got mm. at least one vote, and I'm pretty sure that was Tom. <laughs> you I, know? I feel like I didn't know about that poll. Wow. 
Because I would have voted Highlander. It's pretty more, more iconic, iconic than Dirty Dancing. It's not dancing. better. It's you guys, iconic. ladies, remember, Highlander remember, before. we're talking about. Dirty Dancing was definitely a sexual awakening for a lot of young women. Right. Men don't have that experience yes, with it. Yes, but men can probably quote it. At the very least, they know this thing. They right? know the lift. She's got her arms up. Everybody, the lift. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for narrating. Yeah. I've got an imaginary Jennifer Grey above my head right mm-hmm. now. She's not that wide, but. <laughs> and bam, another budding relationship ruined by a botched, botched abortion. abortion. <laughs> oh, Thank you, Brooke. Guys, mm. uh, you know, Brooke's going to rewrite Dirty Dancing. That's excellent. For today's climate. Oh. It is going to be savage. Sweet. Anyway. Probably very similar, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's going to be a botched abortion. Oh, no. Yeah. She did it. Brooke does, um, did Dirty Dancing for Redacted. It was our first Redacted. So mm-hmm. she has narration of Dirty oh, Dancing okay. that includes the narration, bam, another budding relationship ruined Red- by a botched, botched abortion. abortion. But she's going to rewrite her narration of it for... For now. For now. For the era. All right, that we we're, we're getting distracted from parents. Amanda's mother. Yes. Oh, oh, well, so I asked her about a bunch of characters. So if there's any in particular that you want to hear her opinions on, she has. Murtaugh. Oh, yeah. I mean, Murtaugh. obviously. Murtaugh. Murtaugh. I left last because I wanted to warm her up. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it like she did. Oh, yeah. Okay. I really love him. <laughs> Sherry and Loudermilk's review. Uh, what about? She loves his character. She ooh, said he's gruff on the outside, soft on the inside. Ooh, that's good. Um, and she said, you know, he's loved before, which I thought was <laughs> lovely and wistful. Very wistful. Um, yeah. She loves Jamie, so it's a big deal that he's okay, a protector what she, of Jamie. What did she say about Jamie? Yeah, though? I didn't Jamie. even take a ton of notes. It's expansive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she right. loves Jamie. Every right. good quality, all the things he's not not good at. I mean, she just she got, knows all of it. She's got that. that she's going to judge me if I was wrong <laughs> about which hand gets wrecked or which. Right it was definitely left. the left. It was well, the left. then because he mm. was forced to write with his right. Anyway, that's, her mom. No. If she listens, her mom's going to be like, ah, "That's not these accurate. girls. <laughs> <laughs> these girls. These kids sound like you're having fun." <laughs> All right. If we're going yeah. down the we're if we're going down the Podlander crush list, yeah. Murta would be one. Yeah. Jamie would be two. I mean, really, Jamie is three, and two is Jenny. So, what does she think about Jenny? Jenny, she likes her because she's a badass. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, she likes. She won't put up with shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I like your mom's reviews. Yep. Yeah. All right. Now, wait. So your dad is also into it, too. Oh, yeah. They have. Well, so interestingly, they have pretty different opinions about um, about Dougal. Ooh. My mom thinks he's a little shit. That's a direct quote. <laughs> um, a little shit. She Dougal? Yeah, because she loves Jamie. And anybody right. who tries to hone in on Jamie's territory, it's like, no, A man, little shit. No way. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad loves Dougal. Ooh. Yeah, it's his favorite non-Jamie Claire character. Ooh. What did he say about him? Uh, he said, he's got his own agenda. You don't want to turn your back on him. Colm reminds him of the Scottish Lairds of Braveheart looking out for his clans. Which... <laughs> oh, I went in a little bit to his review on Colm. I apologize. That tonally didn't make a lot of sense. But he thinks that Dougal's complex, which is why he likes him. But it's good. I'm, it's a I'm much more analytical some... perspective of like that makes an interesting narrative where my mom's like Jamie and Claire like they have to be protected. It's an emotional response. Yeah, I understand it. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm asking all kinds of inappropriate questions mm-hmm. about your dad. Do you think your dad would define Ducal as a gilf? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah I has got so. that swag. Graham McTavish has definitely got a little going on. I'll tell on. you what gilf means scrapey. later. <laughs> <laughs> or you can Google it so we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> Ever. Uh, yeah. And so he uh, he likes those complex characters. Excellent. Yeah. So yeah. has your dad read the books? Yes, he's read all the books, and he's watched all of the show that has been out. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Does yeah. he, is it, so it's rare for me to know of men that do it. I know my be- mm-hmm. one of my good friends, Amber, not not the Amber, but my friend Amber Tomlinson, love you. Her dad, Gerald, who is a piece of work on him on himself, it's I can't even get into it. He's read all the books. And he was trying to, he started reading them when they came out. Wow. And he has been trying to get Amber to fucking read that series (laughs) for how many years now? Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, no, dad. No. It's hard. No. And then the podcast happens and she's like, so I'm going to have to read those fucking books my dad told me to read? (laughs) So it's just really interesting. Like your dad and Amber's dad are the only two dudes. Yeah. Well, and he's also, I think, pretty unique. He's a baby boomer dude. Mm-hmm. He's read them. But I don't think that he, I, I don't think he probably would have found them or read them if, if my mom were not so into it. I wonder if but that's what it is. he's the kind of person who will read the favorite books of all the people he loves because mm-hmm. he wants to oh, know that thing that What you a care nice about. quality. I think I yeah. might be developing a crush on your dad. It's, <laughs> uh, her dad it's is totally really, appropriate. He's I, the nicest man. Sidebar right here. When we were doing... The down in front of uh, Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Her father was there to watch, and at one point, I was trying to find Neil to get a beer, and <laughs> I couldn't so find him. And I waved, and her dad straight up stood up and bought me a beer and brought it to my table. I'm telling you, your crush just got deeper. It really <laughs> did. Though, to be fair, he didn't. God, I needed this. <laughs> his, his thought process wasn't. Oh, you. I mean, you would really love him. He very publicly renounced his Republican registration on Facebook before the election. Oh. And like he and they live in Texas most of the time, and so he said that he was registering as a Democrat and had this huge thing, and it didn't get enough traction. So he reposted on my wall because he knew there'd be more visibility. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> uh, but he didn't, he, dad. Didn't, he didn't yes. think, oh, she's she needs a beer and you know her husband doesn't see. He he was just like, Oh, I guess she needs me to uh she's asking me to buy a beer. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's kinda how it went. Yeah. But whatever, I got a fucking beer. Yeah. <laughs> He's generous. So that was incredible. Yeah. That's very they're, nice. They're a real power couple of kindness. <laughs> yeah. A lot of We're gonna need more of those. They're, they're the sweetest baby angels. Nice. Yeah. I want I wanna ask about a couple more characters. Did yeah. you ask your mom about Fergus? Uh, no. Okay. What about, what about Angus and Rupert? Uh, she, she thinks they're hilarious. <laughs> she just said, you need that comic relief, especially towards the end there. Mm-hmm. So you know what? She was, Fair. I thought that was real on point. That's true. So. That is Like when true. they're doing the drunk gambling. Mm-hmm. Or at the mm-hmm. end of this episode when he grabs her boob. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. It's a, it's a, oh, it's it's a little funny. She brought waka, that waka. up. Yeah. yeah. She brought up that, then he like tries that kiss and she's like, and you know, he just... <laughs> that guy, like <laughs> he just had to, he just had to grab Sorry. her boob. Yeah, <laughs> <It's> hilarious. <laughs> just, Sorry, I mean, Sorry. Drink. I Julie, know, drink. I know. I'm just really mad right now. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Um, what see. about did you t- did you ask her? Um, I know that we're going a little bit further afield here. Uh huh. Did you ask her about Monsieur Raymond? 
No. So I didn't. You stay. You stuck true to season one. Season one. I appreciate that. Je ne suis pas spoiler. Is what I thought maybe we. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What about what about Ned Gowan? Did you ask about Ned Gowan? She thinks he's interesting. Mm-hmm. She said. Literally, he's interesting, and she she likes that he's by the books. He doesn't make exceptions, but she hinted at some future things. Ooh, and she, Allison has she kind of sprinkled a little pepper of that nature towards me, but I am trying to yeah. not know about so it. So she very she started to say something, and then she said, "I'll just say, I don't dislike him, but anybody who infringes on Jamie doesn't work for me." So like she, Man, she, has she strong, really. Jamie she did, she really loves Jamie. Oh yes, my love for Ned Gowan is undiluted. So. Yeah, even after you so, know, you know. So your mom and I differ in this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I asked her that I was really surprised at because so I've only watched the first season and I've mm-hmm. read like part of the first book. Okay, mm-hmm. like three years ago. Uh, so I asked her about Galus. <gasps> oh, of course. Ooh. And she goes, "The witch." First off, oh my god. <laughs> She's next. Um, she she said she's messed up. She's a bad seed, referencing the iconic play and movie, the bad, bad seed, the bad seed. <laughs> which was my childhood nickname until we watched the movie and I cried. <laughs> so. But then she she had another comment, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that back because I think it hints at some information that's in the book, and I don't know if it comes up in the show. But okay, All maybe right. maybe if we take a station break, you can tell me. Yeah, okay. uh, perfect. Station break. Yeah. Okay, um, that's incredible. Is there anybody else? Anybody I wanted to ask about? Well, there's mm-hmm. the Randleman. Oh, oh of yeah. course, Frank Randall. Mm-hmm. You hit me. I'm curious to her about her opinion about Frank. Okay. Opinions on Frank vary wildly. So she said, and this is by this is primarily book preference feelings, right? Okay. She said, "What a pussy." <laughs> And then immediately said, I'm so sorry. That is so derogatory. I shouldn't phrase it that way. Uh, like she immediately like said it, heard it, tried to walk it back. Couldn't think of a different descriptor and ended by saying, I just really, I dislike that man. So I want you to know that the first episode earlier, I actually said that word and then made Aaron stop so that we could start re-record. over again because yeah. I didn't want to well, say it. And I... <laughs> To my mom's credit, I mean, she's a baby boomer, and mm-hmm. both she and my dad have made like huge efforts to to adopt more inclusive language. Like, we right. talked a lot about it, so it was just great because she said it and immediately was like, "Oh no, no that's no, not the word. Class. We now don't we use have that a crush word." On both your parents, you Yay. should. Yeah, this yeah. is very confusing. Um, What's yeah, I mean, what can one? she say about Jack Randall that we don't all feel about Jack Randall? <sighs> What did your dad say about Jack Randall? He didn't. So he was kind of in and out of the conversation. Okay. In fact, like I asked them what they both thought of the sex in in the show. Ooh, this in is the what book. I want to know. Yeah. 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 Which, by the way, I have never asked my parents their opinions on sex. <laughs> like as like a would you like? <laughs> what worked for you, yeah. mom? So literally, like they were answering, and then at one point I was like, "Dad," she was like, "Oh no, he walked away to do something." <laughs> 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 and so I phrased, I phrased it as, what do you guys think of the sex in Outlander? Mm-hmm. And my mom, before I even finished saying that, said, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and then my dad came in with a more cerebral 
uh, comparison of, of, of nudity and sexuality as represented in Outlander as opposed to Game of Thrones and how in Game of Thrones it's a little gratuitous and it doesn't always advance the narrative, but what he loves about the way it's used in Outlander is it does advance the narrative and it is always an important point in like their relationship or in some sort of conflict that arises. I have two points I want to make here. Yeah. One is that I completely agree with your dad. Diana Gabaldon has said that this is a story of a marriage and sex is a fundamental part of a marriage. So there will always be sex Mm -hmm. in Outlander. And it's one of the things that draws them together. And that's like fundamentally the series is the story of this one marriage. Mm -hmm. Point two, Mrs. Loudermilk. I have a real crush on your husband. (laughs) Wait, listen to her. So then she responded. Oh, damn. You're going to love this. Based on what you just said, she said, it is so integral to their relationship and marriage. I rate it 10 of 10 as important narrative structure. It's important to the story. That's a 10. Uh, she says it's an important part of marriage, and it's what holds them together when everything else is trying to pull them apart. Mr. Laudermilk, I have a real crush on your wife. <laughs> yeah. That was this appropriate. Is awesome. All right. Anything else? Any other thoughts from your folks that really stick out to you as something you need to uh, share with the world? You know what? Actually, I'm going to make a different request. Yeah. If you've got any other gems in there, will you please save them for the end when we're going to need them? Oh, yeah. I'll save okay. a couple. There's some real Good. sweet things my mom said about Let's my see, dad. That's I think exactly we need that at what the we end. Of we're going to need that yes. at the end. Yeah. Okay. So, you guys, <laughs> that was really good. And we all had some. That was our. Fun time. Back to that rosary oil wand and whatever that thing is. I just pulled up my notes and the first one I saw just says, Jesus, this is so awful. Yeah. Well, my first note is stampede. (laughs) All right. Well, no, we're trimmers. Speaking of trimmers. God bless trimmers. No, first is you owe me a debt. Yeah. So we see Jamie and the beach. Ugh. We got this. We got this. Just, oh, Jamie is just laying there hit with his arm hanging off the cot and his yeah. eyes are big and vacant and he's just been used. You can he just looks see, like, a rag like doll. he just yeah. is empty and he's covered in blood and it's just awful. And then the beach gets up and we get a little dick shot. We do get a little dick you shot. You know, would it kill the show to do some visible peen when it's not Black horrifying? Yeah. Just a little, just, just a, a just a, just a peek, just the tip. Just, can I just sneak a little peekaloo? That'd be hard to film. Just the tip. <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> can need I a s- table or? <laughs> I'm fine with that. Piece of can paper. I, we need to get kilts. That seems like that would be easy. Can I just right. sneak a little just peekaloo? Oh, like pull it up just a little. It's <laughs> Sam Hewen's wing. That's really. I mean, there are any number of of. Murtaugh's Dingle wing. dangles Murtaugh's that I would willing or the gilf. Ooh, Dougal's wing. Yeah, all of them. Why can't there be a shower you know scene? You know, you yes. know what? I wouldn't even accept the Frank Peen. I just don't want Beach but, Peen. But now Beach Peen mm. is forever married in my mind with Frank Peen, and I think that's a problem. Well, but it, but that might not be the case, <laughs> depending on what he's doing with his jaw at the time. Yeah, oh, right. Or, or how close his, his eyes are together up top. Bitch. That was very impressive. I'm also a fan of the podcast. I don't know if I said that. I've listened to it. So it's very obvious that Black Jack Randall has been continually assaulting Jamie for a period of time. And when he says you owe me a debt, you can tell what he means is you promised to kill me. Mm-hmm. And it's just awful. Mm-hmm. And then, and then here's a sound. What does that sound like? What does that sound? 
Is it an earthquake? Oh my god! Stop! Like an earthquake. Oh, I was totally stumped. It it was maybe it was the cast of Bring Into Noise, Bring Into Funk, and uh, then yeah, yeah, and then we see the red coats outside doing their drills. So there's also. Oh, we've got Foley. Yeah. This is, we're bringing There's it all up sorts of shit, but this is still underneath everything. Yeah. There's something going on. And BJR can't rest until he finds the source of this sound. So he puts on one of the 19 shirts he stole from Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's not sliced in half. And goes wandering into the hallway and he walks up to a door and he says, knock, knock, who's there? No, well, somebody on the other side says knock knock, and then he and then he says, "Who's there?" He looks through the window and he says, "Oh, it's only Moo." <laughs> yeah. And then the stampede nailed it. And then nineteen cows come running. Nineteen in. cows run over the door. And was it only nineteen? It they filmed like it like there more. were three hundred. But you know, in a narrow hallway, one cow is a lot. <laughs> one cow so is a lot. they run down the door and crush Blackjack Randall. And I'm like, sweet, Blackjack Randall has been crushed under this door. All right. But you know what? <laughs> when fucking Murtaugh comes in after that, I'm like, why don't you just check to uh. make sure that he is fucking dead. I mean, it's complicated. It's 19 cows on a probably <laughs> dead man's chest. <laughs> and a bottle of unpasteurized milk. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, how many Scottish cows does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? 20. 19 to run through a prison and one to touch a dick rack and travel to the future and learn how to be an electrician. <laughs> oh. That's one of my favorite jokes, actually. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. Good? Yeah. Uh, nope, that's it. That was, I only, I thought I wrote a lot of jokes, but I think why it's just that no, we so long. Literally, though, cows, why didn't they just kill don't him? Don't they weigh, like, half a ton? Yes. Literally? They would have killed this man. Well, There's, I just don't understand. He takes a licking. <laughs> well, uh, no, you, you should not finish that sentence. Keeps on taking. I was going to say dicking, but that's even worse. <laughs> that is worse. Oh, God. Oh, God. Anyway. I already knew I was going to hell. All right, so, so he gets stampeded, and it's like, why didn't they make sure he was dead? And then we get treated to a whole bunch of... We get around well, we also coat. get a bunch the, of people like, who've never seen cows before. There's the, there's the um, that traditional outlander. Oh, here comes hijinks. Music. Yes, exactly. Uh, infamously played during the spanking scene, Ugh. but also elsewhere. Pretty much any time that Claire was getting hammered and making trouble, mm-hmm. or Jamie would be like. Hmm, I'm hilarious and funny and wish to have sex now. (laughs) (laughs) But then, uh, so it's all these redcoats with their guns, right? And there's all these cows. And I'm like, why don't they just shoot the cows? And then this joke just came to me. Oh, no. They shoot horses, don't they? (laughs) You're welcome. That's really good. Thanks. Uh, We tried really hard on the way here to come up with the perfect... uh, mad cow disease joke we just couldn't and mostly we just ended up telling jokes about white castle (laughs) (laughs) so the cow stampede everybody's all freaked out whatever claire they they get jamie out frankly they get jamie out into a wagon and willie yeah go in and they cover Jamie up and they and Murta scoops him up just like he did with Claire in the last episode Mm -hmm. they bring him out to this wagon Mm-hmm. And and Claire's waiting the there. Why off. is Claire wearing pants? Because she's about to go to work, Julie. I felt it was a little weird. She she had no time she's for a, a dress. Modern she, woman. She needed she to she needed to set those bones. Yeah. She was going to be doing 
medical stuff in the back of a wagon. Right. I wondered if it wasn't intentional because in this episode she sort of takes on that leader I know what to do role. Like Maybe. She, she's wearing the pants. But then she's in a dress in the next scene. You know what? Oh, uh, there I don't are a know, couple man. scenes yet. Yeah, but well, she sets his hand in the pants, but then after that, we see her when she goes to confession that she's in the dress again. Well, like you know, it's, doctors, only doctors can wear pants. Only doctors like, wear pants. It's like, it's like well, that's a thing. Also, yeah. one would hope after 74 hours of hand surgery or however long it took that she would change her damn clothes. Yeah, come on. There's well, of course, it just juicy, seemed... gooey hand blood all over those pants. <laughs> it and they're seemed nice like pants. sounds good when you say it like that. <laughs> it yeah. seemed like she was standing there by the wagon waiting to receive him in her pants and shirt, and that made it weirdly easier for him to right. confuse her with Beach. I don't know. I don't know if that was on purpose or if it was like just to slide under the door thing. Like I really think that it was probably a combination of it being practical Mm -hmm. and her taking charge of Mm -hmm. the situation. How many dresses do we think she's got on the road? Only the one. So it, you know, when she was with Jack before and there was some throat slit and kind of stuff going on, it it might be a dirty. It might be gross. She crawled through bodies. Oh yeah, she did crawl through dead bodies. I wouldn't want to wear that dress. No. And she, who knows what was going to happen. Maybe Mm -hmm. she was going to they were all going to have to go running and as Mm -hmm. we see her like running through the prison holding her skirts and going like (laughs) with her tiny shoes. shoes, Right? Maybe she was like, "Mm, no. Not this time. If we're staging a goddamn prison break with cows. I'm wearing jeans. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Come on. I miss pants. Tell me so much. They get him into the wagon and he's obviously delirious and out of it and Claire is trying to tend to him and she smells the lavender and she has this moment where she's like did someone try to heal Did him? Did somebody try to help him? Because obviously lavender is like kind of antibacterial and will help heal wounds and stuff. And then he groggily opens his eyes and instead of seeing Claire, he sees Blackjack Randall. So he tries to choke a bitch out. <laughs> and Claire is like obviously surprised. And then who who punches him down? Who Rupert. stops him? Rupert stops yeah. him. And he's like, stop. And then they stop the wagon. They send, well, they haven't left yet. Mm-hmm. So they send Willie off to watch for red coats. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they're easy to spot. Yeah. They're wearing <laughs> those coats. coats. Um, so they're, so he goes off to watch, right? And Angus and Rupert and Myrta are all with her in the wagon and they say we need to go we need to go and Claire keeps saying no he's like really fucking not doing well I need to do some medical shit here the second she tries she gets choked out mm-hmm. so maybe it's time to go let's and go then, and then Rupert says will you be wanting tea <laughs> let's <laughs> or blow. can I get this wagon moving and they haul ass to I just love a Rupert one liner I just Rupert. needed to get there are so few moments of joy in this episode I needed to get will you be wanting tea in there it's, that's right up there with I want to take a closer look at a musk Ball. Yeah. I think at the beginning yeah. of this show, I really appreciated Angus because he was such a broad clown. But the more I watch it, Rupert really is the shit. As far as the rude mechanicals go, he's the one. Well, he's the dry. He's got a drier sense of humor. He's Angus obviously smarter. A little more romantic and weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So they get going and they end up at... Some abbey church. somewhere, some church. An abbey monks are walking around An with abbey. a tonsure. Is that what you call that haircut? I, I, all I said was tonsure? these monks are so generous that, that they right, all voluntarily uh, get bowl cuts. <laughs> 
I do want to say that like Head Monk in Charge, the HMIC, is is played by Ian Hanmore, who's a total hey, it's that monk. Yeah, he's um, he was the uh, warlock in season two of Game of Thrones. If you're a Game watch of Thrones watcher, of, yeah. uh, he is um, a priest who worships a werewolf god in an episode of Doctor Who. What? Where werewolf priests kidnap Queen Victoria. This I'm not. I'm gonna need I think you to I read about this. Board yeah, that episode to me immediately. It's I called. would like to watch it. It's great. Okay. Rose Tyler spends the entire episode trying to get Queen Victoria to say, "We are not amused." <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you guys, you just brought British shit into this, and I know that British is around this, but I need to just cheers for one moment to John Hurt. Oh, to, to John, John Hurt. Hurt. Oh. God damn it. A fucking good great, actor. Great, great actor. Good actor. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Mr. Right. Ollivander. Sorry. Huh? He's Mr. Ollivander. Yeah. He's the elephant man. 1984. 1984. Oh, God. Alien. He's the one that has the shit come out of his chest. Yep. <laughs> he had to sell that, too. You know, nobody at the table knew that I was happening, that, right? that nobody knew. Nobody you see knew. their faces like, oh, keep rolling. We're, we're rolling. Okay. Yeah. And they Scream. freak out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, anyway. Great, great actor. So Good now they're in life. the Abbey. And also, then- Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, some idiot at my work was like, wasn't she uh, in Golden Girls? I was like, I think you're thinking of the Mary Tyler Moore show. <laughs> what the? F- what the fuck or is the Dick Van Dyke show? Or fucking Dick ordinary people? Yeah. A few episodes of Rhoda? Yeah, you're you're not you're not thinking. She so, wore those pants on uh, TV. Here's in my notes. Like Claire. Yo, she, oh, yeah. yeah. That was her. They were the first TV couple to share a bed, too. Mm-hmm. <gasps> well, I think I knew that. I'd yeah. share a bed with Dick Van Dyke. Oh, so would I. I would, too. <laughs> oh, it's a jolly holiday <laughs> with Mary. But he's got to have the fucking chimney sweep shit on and a little dirt on his face. A little dirt saying. on his face yeah, and a little dirt down below. <laughs> I like him a little messy. Yeah. And a little scruffy. And you like a nice pair of thews. I do like a nice pair of thews. And a man with a job. <laughs> I like that too. <laughs> Me too. Me too. All right. So my next note that I have after going to an Abbey is flashback. I completely forgot that this is the way this happened. <laughs> um, I, my Me? next note is I'm sorry, Amanda. At it's least okay. the rats right. are having fun with that big dead body. <laughs> oh man. Uh, my next note after that is the boop on the nose is really below the belt. Yeah. Do you remember when he boops him on the nose? Yeah. Like, come on, Beach. I get that Tobias Muslims is is a gifted actor who can make pretty much any choice sing. But at a certain point, you have to go, no. Too much. This is a bridge too far. And for me, it was booping him on the goddamn nose. Did he, mm-hmm. did he actually do boop? Oh, yeah. He, well, he didn't he say boop. He said it. He went boop. It was crazy. <laughs> it was so oh, weird because that's so modern. <laughs> yeah. But it was him, so it sounded like boop. Boop. Oh, boop. Oh, Except, wait, I've got it jacked while I do it. Boo. Oh, I can hear the uh, and, and then he says, don't play the worm with me. Ugh. Oh, that's when he, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, before that, he 
pulls him up. And the one impressive thing in this scene is he's got to have an incredible core to lift that guy. Is, yeah. yeah. Jamie's dead waiting. And I can't even lift my cat when it does. Like, <laughs> and this yeah. guy weighs, picks Jamie up. has to weigh at least 220, right? He's huge. Yeah. He's tall. It's all he's, on the shoulders. The yeah, it is. And it's very unbalanced. Yeah. Like, how do you do? Well, we don't know how unbalanced it is. Well, I there mean, are some parts of that chest. body that we haven't seen. But if he'd like to come there on might the be podcast all kinds of weight. and let us <laughs> let us take a look. <laughs> Sam Huon, we promise to not sexually harass you at you your walker shortbread. That'd be great. We will give you all kinds of walker shortbread <laughs> and beer. And you could just talk for an hour while we all stare at you. <laughs> And wonder how you were ever crafted. <laughs> how were you hewn? And then at some point, I will probably Get summon it. the energy to say, so, um, do you have Laura Donnelly's number? Yeah, can we call her? Because <laughs> we'd like to, um, hang out with Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I'm actually reading his, like, bio and, like, little, uh, quotes he made. Um, he says something for, I just, I just like him. He's just talking about how he likes get Battlestar Galactica and Star Trek. Ooh, so he's now someone I like. Stop. Oh, he's a big what? nerd. He's it. pals with William Shatner. That's yeah, why William best. Shatner is such a big Outlander fan. Oh. Yeah, he hangs out with the Shats. He actually calls him the Shats. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He, uh, I know also, he just got hotter to you, didn't he? This is doing a lot for me right now. <laughs> yeah. he's I love one Battlestar of... Galactica. You wet my whistle. <laughs> Delicious. He's one of many... Uh, Outlander actors who um, either marched or tweeted their support for the women's march in Washington. Nice. Um, uh, global marches. Oh. Yeah, Catriona Bofum from marched in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe by herself. <laughs> um, I don't know if there was a march there, but every photo that she took, well, like, it was just her, her. She was the only person marching. Maybe? I don't... I, I, That's I, pretty bad. She went to the wrong place and was like, I'll make maybe. the most of it. I'm gonna look it up. But Tobias Muzzles <laughs> did, and Laura mm-hmm. Donnelly did, and Sam Huon did, and it was great. Also, forgot to mention, if you like a good costume drama where people stare at each other longingly, I can recommend Victoria on PBS. <gasps> I can't wait to start watching it. Oh my God. You know who's in it? Who? Leary. She's good. She's all. She's playing a maid, and I've determined that she's got great maid face. She does have maid face. There's a lot she, of typecasting with these folks. Well, yeah. she does actually have maid face, though. Think about it. She that could never turn. Yeah, she could never play a patrician. She just couldn't. They nobody would buy it. She's a beautiful girl, of but, course, yeah. but she's not Queen Victoria. No, well, sure. Yeah. That's Jenna Coleman from also from Doctor Who. Excellent. But Leary is um really good on the show I've, and it's when they English started accent not Scottish accent and her, she does a really nice job Neil Hudson when they started showing commercials for it like 3 months ago I was like Neil uh we're watching that so <laughs> just get ready to like save up all your costume drama like coinage cuz it's happening and then I forgot that it started a couple of weeks ago cuz I've been traveling a lot and now he's like uh when are we going to watch this <laughs> bless yeah. him bless better watch it before um PBS. So. Oh, God. Uh, I can't. I can't. I'm like reading articles where you guys sorry, are talking. Sorry. It's the worst. I'm sorry. So let's yeah, get back to the boop on the nose. Okay. So he boops <laughs> on the nose. Because that's not enough. It's not enough to just, you know, destroy it's more his person. user yeah. language, right? It's all like. I think it's when he kisses him and says it's like kissing a corpse. You can do better than yeah. that. I think that's when he boops him on the nose. It yeah, is. It is. It's just really. Uh, the worst. 
<laughs> it's so Ever? upsetting, which means it's really well written, right? Right. It's right. an unflinching. And we're coming up on maybe we're coming up on the thing that happened where I wrote Jesus. This is so awful, which is after uh, sexually assaulting Jamie by attempting to get him hard. Mm-hmm. He rapes him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And to make sure it all goes well, he hawks a giant spits in his hand into his hand and lubes up Jamie's asshole with his own phlegm. Yes, Janine, that happened. What the fuck? Yeah. We cut from that to Claire doing apparently her 47th hour of surgery on Jamie's hand. And you see all the little sticky outy finger bones. Right. They look like. Which is somehow worse than. Or no, Ooh. I guess it's it's better for me than what we were just watching. Oh yes, right. yes. absolutely. Oh, I'm yeah. like, the oh great, hand. disgusting, yeah. terrifying yeah. bones sticking out of hand and clear sewing them up, and it's so awful. What a relief! Yeah, well, thank right. God. That's very nice. Yeah, no, it's it's not awesome. It's really rough. I took almost no notes. Um, I, I will say, from that first shot of seeing it, just pull up Jamie's dead-eyed stare, and all of this is so. It's the only thing I've ever seen that actually portrays sexual assault the way I feel like it feels. Like, it's so good and honest in that. I mean, it sucks, but... Mm -hmm. um, I'm really glad you say that. We, in the last episode, Amanda, talked about whether or not this is in any way gratuitous. And it's obviously not in the way that Game of Thrones is gratuitous. um, But whether or not maybe rape should ever be used as, like, a plot point so I'm really curious to know your opinion on that and yeah. I agree completely I, well I think it's for people who've experienced assault incredibly triggering but for people who haven't in a way necessary I, I don't feel like Game of Thrones makes you feel this bad about all of the rapes that happen which there's so many and right. in the books well, there are even more the rapes are about the men in the, right. especially on the show that's why the women get raped in Game of Thrones it's always about the men mm-hmm. anyway yeah I'm, well and so I just uh, as far as people who never have to experience assault trying to feel empathy for what that situation is I, I prefer that it be unflinching and horrible if it mm-hmm. happened every episode, I think I would throw up and die. But yeah, well, mm-hmm. and wouldn't watch it anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. couldn't. Yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. I agree. Really yeah. well said. Mm-hmm. I also feel like if we, in a sense, if we didn't see those glimpses of how horrible it was, it wouldn't make Jamie's desire to die like feel very realistic. Mm-hmm. In in a sense, you don't get that end arc of that emotion for him mm-hmm. if you can't horrifically visualized like the torture that he went through yeah in a way i feel i I mean i feel i don't know it's not fun to watch but i I, think that's terrible but i think if you're gonna show it they they did it pretty much the best way i can imagine which is making it as horrible and terrible yeah they're not coy about it Mm -mm. yeah um and it's not ever remotely titillating no right which is a thing that rape scenes and less well-written, well-directed, and well-acted mm-hmm. pieces of art often are. They're mm-hmm. intended to... T- there's nothing about this that's titillating. And you can tell because one of the most handsome men in the world is stark-ass naked through the whole thing and it's not remotely yeah. appealing at yeah. all. 
Um, you just feel, and God, you know what we haven't done yet? Mm-hmm. We haven't said, hey, Sam Huon is really fucking good in these episodes. You know what? He does. I, I actually wrote oh a note God. about it, specifically this episode, not the flashbacks, but when he's actually talking to people in the I Abbey. I mean, he's great but, in flashbacks, uh, No, he's too. great. He's great mm-hmm. in Wentworth Prison, too. That moment where he realizes that this is on and his eyes are like saucers. Like, he he did really step it up. And I appreciate that because... Yeah. He's good. He's not as good as some of the actors on the show. He really was exceptional in these two episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder. I was wondering if they dilated his pupils. They looked so big. They were like those anime um, contacts that people yeah. can get that make their eyes look like this. It's one. It's one of two things. They either dilated his pupils. Right, because that's what. Because you could still see the like beautiful, beautiful color around them, mm-hmm. but. They either dilated his pupils or he is just, he was so in it that his pupils dilated yeah, naturally. That he did a George Bernard Shaw stage note. Like, eyes dilate. Yes. <laughs> totally. Blush rises to cheeks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, it's just, and he's think, so uh, good. I, oh, and we'll get to the scene when yeah. he starts to think that the the beach is Claire, but I think he's right. particularly good. But you're all Julie, you're also right. All of his scenes with the monks. Um, Everything, yeah. Is this a good transition to talking about the Gaelic scene, which is the next Yeah, because Let's we we that. haven't gotten to the full on like true horror, which is at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> so um so Jamie's in the Abbey. He's wanting to obviously die. want he just wants to die. Yeah. And like he's not eating. And everybody's very concerned about it. And there just is this scene that just gets this beautiful scene that just gets boop dropped. Speaking of boop, gets dropped right in the middle, which is just Murta and Jamie speaking in Gaelic. Yeah. We have no idea what they're saying, but of course we know what they're saying. And it's so beautiful. That's one of my favorite scenes in the entire first season yeah me too mm-hmm. in the and same so way you short. see like a movement theater piece and you're like i get every second of this right so they're so good together and it's very clear that murtaugh is trying to you know rally jamie or you know remind him that so many people care about him or, and jamie is just like not having it but it's all in gaelic and it's it's incredible and it's also it's also really incredible that they did not subtitle it yeah well because you don't need it no because both those actors again sam hewan hitting out of the park but as always the pamplemousse is just fucking extraordinary you don't need to know what they're saying Mm -hmm. however the internet has provide So some of the Gaelic in this episode, (laughs) at some point, Jamie Mm -hmm. says to Claire um, something that means let me go die. I'm not going to even attempt to read Gaelic. No, Mm -hmm. that's that's fun. No. One of the scenes, uh, Jamie says to Myrtle, you must put an end to my torment. uh, torment." And Myrtle responds, I won't listen to this. That's got to be this scene. That's this scene. Uh, he's so. uh, he said Angus says to Willie after Willie tells a story about his uncle, mm-hmm. where he's like, "My uncle was like this after he lost his arm. He stopped eating." And Murta was like, "What happened to him?" And he goes, "He died. He starved himself to death." Oh, uh, really? Angus says, "Shut your big mouth." Uh, okay, so here's the Jamie Murta scene as much as they could get. Um, how can I be left to this pain? Murtaugh says, we shall do our utmost to heal you. Jamie says, some things don't take healing, as is my desire, put an end to this now. 
Murta, I'll suffer no more of this. Jamie, I won't get past this. Will you force me to beg? <laughs> Murta, I gave a promise to your mother, peace on her soul, that no harm would come to you. Jamie, late is the hour, oh Godfather. Murta and Claire, would she just be a widow forsaken? Your head's in the porridge. You're not thinking straight. You haven't a single thought for her. Jamie, I haven't a single thought of anything but her. Holy shit. Tells on my goddamn body. <laughs> that is so that translation, by the way, is like some William Blake bullshit. That is beautiful. Janine, I do not know what is wrong with your house, but it is very dusty in here. <laughs> Cite that. Who did that for us? This was so greatscottblog.com. Yeah. Um, oh, Great Scott, God. cultural musings of an outlandish nature. Um, that was great. That's a beautiful the bits I could decipher. It looks like this woman got some help too from other people on the internet. The internet is great. Fuck yeah. Um, also, you can follow her at rtidwell730, and I'm going to go ahead and find her on Twitter the day this episode airs and call her out for being amazing, because that's wow, it's really wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really great. Anyway, so thank you, Great Scott Blog. That was very... I'm now just going to follow this. Oh, it looks like she is... Maybe either Scottish or Irish. It looks like an Irish name. Mostly that's just because it has an O in it. So it's mm-hmm. <laughs> Classic Scottish name. Oh. oh. Uh, no, Advising the Stars Outlander production. Maybe it's a fan site for this dude. I don't know. I'm confused. Anyway, regardless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big fan. Uh, Mandy T. I don't know. Uh, so it's a great scene, and it was great before we knew all that. But Jesus. Mm-hmm. Cheers to the show. It's okay. Sorry. That's just my iPhone that 7. Was- <laughs> <laughs> that was me knocking Amanda's iPhone off of the chair on which I was It looks good. And computer. look at Ainsley. Look at the little photo of Ainsley. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amanda has cats and dogs named after West Wing characters, so basically we're in love. <laughs> She's in love with my whole family. It's crazy. It's kind of weird. So here we go. This is it. I don't really want to spend more time on it than I have to. Black Jack Randall basically breaks Jamie down so far um, that Jamie thinks that he is Claire. And then with lavender, it's the lavender oil and the hair and the hair being down, but then acquiesces to a, a sexual encounter. And that in his mind, because he is so messed up, thinks it's Claire and then has actual pleasure from it. And it's so upsetting mm-hmm. um, because you can see that black Jack Randall has actually achieved his ultimate goal, which is to crush this person to where they're, he can control them. And he did it. He got all mm-hmm. the way there. And this is why Jamie um, is so suicidal for I mean that is the term he he feels it's like absolutely the term. He, he left because we skipped that scene where he asks Willie to kill him yep and he tries to grab his right. dark his dark I had that he tried to that Willie will kill him and I'm like Willie 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 won't Willie 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 won't uh-uh. you can't force Willie to kill you Willie won't oh, kill you Willie won't kill you oh, so he this we get to see the flashback of that happening and that's oh, when you we know realize. we also skipped 
Claire confronts Murta. Murta admits Jamie asked him to kill him, and Claire fucking straight up passes out. One of several times when you think maybe she's just overwhelmed by life, but maybe is also a little bit knocked up. Yeah, something she wrong. pukes she's in this episode too. A lot. Uh, you know. I was so horrified through this whole episode and I have not read the books and I had not seen it before. I did not know or see it coming. Mm-hmm. So I just was just like, oh yeah, it sucks when you hear the love of your life wants to die. That's all that's happening. Oh I'm yeah. Just gonna throw. Well, no, yeah. well, I mean, that's Which what you're supposed to think. That right. is, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. the first time I watched it, I have read the books and the first time I watched it, I just thought she was understandably distressed very, <laughs> very distressed yeah. um all of the throwing up made perfect sense to me and it wasn't until i watched it this time and i went oh she's pregnant she's knocked up right forgot mm. so in she goes to she goes to like knock that oh we forgot the confession scene too which is so great we'll come back to it uh, okay we'll come back this. we'll come back so she um she goes in to knock Jamie out of it, for lack of a better term. She is just going to, like, shake him until he wakes up. She coats herself in lavender oil and really, like, tries to, like, break this thing. And it, what was it Murtaugh said to her? Somebody's got to go into the darkness with him. Right, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so she goes in, and then this is where we get the flashback of him actually, like deriving pleasure from this horrible act. And having to brand himself. And the this is I wrote this note in quotes this is when Blackjack says to him there is no more Claire which is the that's it that's what he was trying to do because he said Claire's here Claire's here Claire's here Claire's here there is no more Claire as in I have taken away the one thing in your mind in your life that was solid and meant something I have destroyed it I have killed it and so that's why he can't look at her and he can't be touched by her because he (laughs) he has been manipulated into such a corner that that's it's Mm -hmm. anathema to him he's just not there and so when she comes back and i guess in the book so in the book it's um more blood sugar sex magic i want to get blood sugar sex magic i want to say one of the cool stories about outlander that Amanda's mom absolutely knows mm. is that, mm-hmm. uh, that she does. Diana Gabaldon wrote this novel for practice. She wrote Outlander because she wanted to write a novel. So she figured before she wrote one that was good, she would just write one to learn how. And then it was Outlander. She had a book deal before it was finished. Blump. Um, <laughs> so when she God was writing things like, like she writes fairly candidly about things like the nail through the hand mm-hmm. um, and some of the stuff at the end, she never imagined people would want to read it she did Mm -hmm. not anticipate it being a hit when she was writing it she just thought she was writing for herself um but as she was revising she started sharing chapters in this writing group that she was on on some website years and years ago early internet Mm -hmm. it's probably an AOL chat room (laughs) and um somebody in the chat room said hey my agent would really like this can i send this to my agent and she said yes and then got a book deal who the hell is that person right somebody awesome so she never imagined that this stuff at the end 
was going to be taken seriously. She thought she was just writing for herself. And I do honestly think that it's good. Yes, the Jesus thing is a bit much. But yeah. mm-hmm. um, the thing that's always been complicated for Hitting me is the nail in on the, the head. book. I'm sorry. It is I strongly <laughs> oh, implied. Get out. It was right there. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I can't get out. I'm trapped. <laughs> Um, in the book, it is strongly implied that, that Jamie and Claire have sex when she's sort of disguised as Blackjack Randall for his senses. So she coats herself in lavender oil and forces him to fight back. And the, and what she's doing is giving him an opportunity to resist when he promised to not resist so that she could survive. Right. Um, which is, Ooh. I mean, that's wonderful, right? But it ends up being this sort of like witchy sex magic. That's a little bit weird. Yeah. Like it's like a, and also immersion therapy. And also doesn't make much sense for a person who is tr- that traumatized around sexual yes. issues to just be so, able to get it up right away. Totally. Like, so thematic, makes perfect sense like giving him mm-hmm. the opportunity to fight back which I think the equivalent is letting Murtaugh cut the brand off of yeah. him and um, not wanting any painkiller while it's happening I think mm-hmm. that's right. the equivalent yeah. moment mm-hmm. but um, it, it's just funny that there's this glimpse it's like hearing the wolves howl in the previous episode and then she doesn't fight a pack of wolves she yeah. fights a pack of wolves in the book oh, um, yeah normal normal stuff yeah yeah, totally. yeah it just says fucking Thursday well uh, whatever he, yeah. here she, he like she <laughs> tricks his senses into associating her with Blackjack Randall um, so that he can go to the dark place and uh, then that's it and then they just have a conversation which is the right choice but it's not what happens in the book yeah but that's where you find out that basically he's driven to extreme shame because mm-hmm. this man he thinks poisoned the most important thing because in his he life doesn't understand Stockholm syndrome because it hasn't been named named by mm-hmm. several hundred years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, and can't also help it. Like, psychology wasn't there. Yeah, he can't help the fact that he has no way to get out of this situation. He can't help the physiological response of his body. And that's a big thing. Like, I know this is about Hubbard movie. What's it called? Uh, L. L. I don't know much about it, but the stuff that I've read about it, it talks about the physiological response that happens in your body. Sometimes you can't control it. And yeah. that, mm-hmm. that is going to wreck your brain right? because there are going to be times where you're like, I, I, I had an orgasm when I got raped. What? And it's not because you wanted to be raped. It's because your body is, this shit's yeah. independent of your brain. To, to Amanda's yeah. point earlier, I think that's another thing that, that when is that ever addressed? Right. Never when people this talk about rape. This aspect of sexual assault, I just have never seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this very real part of it where people yeah. think they deserve it or that they wanted it or asked for it. And he sets him up often when I think you do see sexual assault in film and TV, it's very, very forced, and he he sets him up for this breakdown by making him agree to it, mm-hmm. which is just ugh, makes my mm-hmm. stomach. Yeah, but it actually reminds me a little bit of um, in a very different way of the scene in Matt. I, I I'm not spoiling Mad Men for anybody at this point. If you haven't watched Mad Men, <laughs> this like you should watch it. But I'm not going to protect you from spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the scene, the scene where um, Coca Cola Joan what he does. gets <laughs> raped in 
Mad Men, mm-hmm. where it's her fiance. And again, like women are more likely to be raped by a partner than anyone, mm-hmm. um, someone they know specifically, but often a partner. Um, and she just sort of lays there. It's like she struggles for a minute and then she just gives up and mm-hmm. she just gets this vacant look in her eyes and she just lays there. It's like, okay, well, this is happening to me. And I was like, that's good that we're mm-hmm. seeing that because yeah. often it's like 30 seconds of a woman kicking and screaming and then sobbing mm-hmm. alone in whatever alley she just got caught in. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, as opposed to on the floor of her boss's office with a bouquet of roses next to her. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, it's very upsetting. And also, he not only ruined his ma- marriage, he ruined r- Lavender. Who ruins Lavender for somebody? <laughs> monsters. I know. <laughs> his monsters. choices of like artisanal cookies and nice candles mm-hmm. and bath products. Yeah, you ruined them all. diminished by half. Grandmas everywhere weep. Yep. Yeah. Also, this grandma. <laughs> this one too. Everything in my house is lavender. <laughs> so they break through to the other side. Oh boy. Jamie feels a little better. Not great. Obviously, this will be with him for his entire life. But they realize they can't stay at the Abbey forever and they got to get out of Dodge. So Murtaugh goes and gets them a boat and they're going to go to Paris <laughs> aboard the Cristobal. The Cristobal. And oh. so. They go get on a boat. <laughs> well, that was a good accent. And leave. <laughs> and that's kind of it. There's a cute goodbye sequence. Yeah. yeah. There's a cute goodbye sequence. What do you think about Angus grabbing her boob? You know, I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I know that was one of those, that was one of the few moments where I was like, but it is very much that character mm-hmm. and she responds so playfully mm-hmm. and I don't feel like Claire as a character would unless she felt that truly. Right. So right. I I have never had that sort of sibling-esque yes. goof on each other's bodies relationship, but I can appreciate that other people might. Right. I will also say, while it's not... It's more like a consent loophole, but he does say, can I kiss you goodbye? Right. And she says, no, but you can kiss me au revoir. Yeah. And then he, I mean, he goes in for a full grab. I kind of feel like his version of one-upping is just bad, but she essentially zings him and then he's like, all right. I'm going to grab your tail. Yeah. And then. And she is also wearing like 19 garments. But still, he grabbed it. Oh no, it sucks. Yeah. But, so that happens. But then Rupert is like Madam. gentlemanly. And then he takes her hand and he kisses it very delicately. And I'm like, Rupert. All right, man. Yeah, All Rupert. right, you cool. You're yeah. climbing the Paulina drunk cast crush list. Yeah, you're getting up there, man. You're probably like number 12 now. Yeah. So then they get on the boat and they're on the boat. And we can tell that Jamie does not like being on a boat. Here's where we find out. Weak semen. Weak semen. Weak semen. But guess who semen is weaker? Frank's. <laughs> Yeah. Because all of a sudden, pow, Claire's pregnant. This explains a lot of the barfing and a lot of other shit. But Jamie is surprised and says, I didn't think you could. And we're like, no, honey, Frank couldn't. Yeah. Frank rhymes with blank. Just saying. (laughs) That just came to me. That must be intentional. I don't know. I think they came. I think really Diana Gabaldon really did that on purpose. And you found it. You're the first one. Kisser 93 FM, do I win $500? Yeah. Okay. They have a nice moment where she says, 
are, are you happy? Are you glad? Whatever she says. And he says, I did not think it was possible. But yes, I'm very happy. And then they hug. Yeah. It's very nice. And it's very nice. And that's very the end of the episode happy. and the end of season one. But before that, yeah. they have a time travel <gasps> Oh my God. I almost forgot. Thank you. Please. Yeah. Tell us. So Claire's like, you know what's coming, right? Death of the Island culture. Bloodshed. A lot more. Terrible things. things. Yeah. Mm, that's happening. He's like, yep. Well, all we can do is play our part. And she says... But is it? What if we change it? And I immediately just wrote in my notebook, Skynet. Nope. All right. That was pretty upsetting. (laughs) 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 Shit. So uh, that's kind of the end of the episode. They sail away to France. We did skip the confession. Oh, we did say we'll come back to the confession. We can talk about it briefly, but it's basically just Claire unburdening herself just like she did to Jamie. So she tells this poor monk everything. And I'm like, this poor guy. Is that in the book? Yeah. In the book, it's a longer relationship. Okay. Um, Also, there's a thing in the book where, so that Abby is actually in France. And the reason they're there is because Jamie has yet another relative. Uh, It's a sibling maybe of his dad um maybe it's a Mackenzie I can't remember um but who is a monk there who's mm-hmm. like the the, okay. the actual HMIC mm-hmm. um so he's the one that hears this confession I believe so yeah interesting but then they develop a relationship because they're there for months in the book they're okay. there for a long time it's drawn out how slowly he's willing himself to die mm-hmm. um and she tells him everything and he believes her and counsels her on how it's not actually a sin that she's married to two people at once because how can you be married to two people at once when one of them hasn't been born yet? Mm-hmm. I wonder how God um, feels about that little loophole. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but God, he God believes her God, if you immediately. Want to call into the podcast. God, if you need to post on our Facebook page. Oh, it's facebook.com slash podlinicast. Just please tell us. No way. God, oh my God, God is listening. God, how could you do this to us? God, where are you? He says YOLO. Oh, oh shit. Okay. All right. He would be a bro. He would be a <laughs> man. bro. I'm sorry. She would not be a bro. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. um, I'm an atheist. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's in the book. I mean, that happens. Yeah. Only okay. it's, um, more developed it it makes more it's sense it's a, a deeper right. relationship right. and it's not just that he's like whoa a miracle but he accepts what she says immediately and then counsels her in the show it really felt like she didn't want to talk about it then she was like really let's do this wow. and then she fucking turds all over that poor monk yeah. and then he's just like oh god oh my god the whole time and then he's like what am I going to do with this information? And I was just like, that poor monk. Yeah. He's got to live with that for the rest of his life. In the book, it's a, it's a more drawn out thing, but Mm. it definitely happens. But Uh, I really like that scene. I think that the monk is very good. good. Mm. She does a nice job. It's the rare outlander voiceover montage that I can get behind. It was all right. I hate the voiceover shit. I don't like them either. I know they have to do it. I actually, the beginning of that scene, I was not on board when he's like, are you praying? And she's like, I'm just thinking. And he's like, you want to confess? Yeah, like, (laughs) you want to tell me about what you're thinking about? Just a lady in a room. She doesn't necessarily have to have sinned all over the place. (laughs) 
Um, she but can't I help it. But I appreciated them that he didn't deny her reality. Right. Right. A yeah. lot of priests do. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah, they do. Well, it's kind of their job. A nice, it creates this nice parallel between um, Claire and Jamie and that they both somehow think it's their fault. This mm-hmm. horrific thing that happened to Jamie, but really to both of them. I mean, she's also assaulted by Blackjack Randall, mm-hmm. um, but that has happened to them as a couple that they both somehow think it's them mm-hmm. and it's not, it's neither of them. It's their fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Claire shouldn't be drunk in time travel at the same time, but this time she had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Nope. It's not your fault. Nope. Not your fault. It's, it's not, not your fault. fault. It's, it's it's not, not your fault. It's not your fault. It's <laughs> not you fucking your fault. do that, Sean. <laughs> you and Don't I, you, fuck you and I are gonna be friends, Amanda. <laughs> I told you. Don't you fucking do fucking that, Sean? Told you. Don't you fucking do that, Sean? So that's the end of the episode, for real. Uh, so can oh, we? God. I know we did. We made it. We actually, I think it was way better than I would have predicted. Well, we had we got we got the lotter milks on Outlander at the top. Yeah, yeah that which was, nice. was good. Um, we got some cow jokes. We did get some cow jokes. Uh, we kind we we did not dwell on the things that yeah. shouldn't been dwelt on. I didn't even say let's kill Hitler. I was really planning on that. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote let's kill Skynet. Hitler. Skynet. Let's kill Hitler. <laughs> so uh, are no we scales. doing scales? Uh, the only scale that I thought of for this one, and this one I actively had the thought. This is the second time I've seen this motherfucking episode, and I will never watch it again. And that made me think of one thing and one thing only. Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Good movie. Never, never going to watch that again. It took me yeah. 10 years to come back to that. And I can't. Oh, I, I won't ever see like, it again. Why the fuck did I do this? Yeah, I can't. Like, it was a great movie, but I didn't need to watch it again. It's fuck me. upsetting. It's yeah. very upsetting. Yeah. I uh, might someday watch it again. I no, can see I myself in, I don't know, years doing a rewatch of the whole series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Ugh. And if I was rewatching the whole series, I would not skip this one. I, I would remember that it's to ransom a man's soul and not Wentworth prison. I'm going to remember that forever. You will. Uh, so <laughs> me too, I, Julie. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. One, one of my uh, entertainment comfort foods is the West wing as previously referenced by mm. mentioning Amanda's amazingly named pets. Um, and there are episodes of the West Wing I always skip, but I skip them because they're not good, not because mm. they're upsetting. Mm. Right. And I think, there are movies I will never see again. Absolutely. But I think a TV show, it maybe is different. Like mm-hmm. I think you, you get the emotional experience as a whole and you can't skip around to get those. Whereas I will always skip Isaac and Ishmael, Aaron Sorkin's episode that he wrote as a response to and September 11 and sneaked in at the beginning of season two. So it's not even in the show's chronology. Yeah. I will always skip that. I will always skip CJ goes to her high school reunion, has <laughs> sex with a rando and her dad has Alzheimer's. I will always skip uh. that one. Uh, I will always skip the one that's a faux documentary about life in the White House. <laughs> I'll always skip that one. Time some late season. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Aaron paced and things got a little weird. Porn. Yeah. Uh, point is. Point is. Point is. What is the porn? Uh, that is the I'm point. not sure. I would maybe watch it again, but not for years. Yeah. yeah. Years, years, years. 
All right, so that's it, right? Yeah. Were we going to talk about Amanda we, and her yeah. quick? Yes. Yeah. Get a, give us. Can oh, I wait, do a costume rating? I did yes. think of a costume. Oh, please. Yes. Was, I was really concerned about the rating stuff, so I thought about it in advance. Oh, okay. Good. Great. Hit us. Do it. Okay. Do we need a scale, or can I just tell you what I think the costumes are? <laughs> okay, with? I'll give you a scale. Yeah. On a well, scale, we know how connected they are. So yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna Not do at all. I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna focus on the pants. So I'm gonna go from. Um, oh God, what is the Amanda Bynes movie that's Twelfth Night? She's the man. She, on, uh, a scale, yes. on a scale from. <laughs> she's the man. A movie I actually love. <laughs> it's good. Watch it. To um, an actual real fancy production of Twelfth Night. Like starring Mark Rylance as Olivia. Okay, yes. So I do think we are best friends because my <laughs> actual answer that I have typed out is a really great production in college of Twelfth Night. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Yay! That's wonderful. So Yay! that's great. It is totally college yeah. where there's a lot like of money but not a lot of taste like, necessarily. Like a smaller school that's not necessarily known for the drama program but has like wealthy, wealthy donors. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Basically my alma mater. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, great. <laughs> Just kidding. OCU stars forever. <laughs> I was in a pretty bitch in production of Twelfth Night in college. Who's is that play? the Photo of I you pl- saw last night. I played a gender bender. I was um, violent. Fe- fe- no, fe- oh, you're festy. Festy. No, no, I wasn't the clown. I was. Um, oh God, the little friend that like throws the letter at Malvolio. The little Andrew the- Agutik. No, not him. One of the buddies, though. Toby. Sir Toby. No. Sir Toby Belch. No. It starts with an F. I can't believe I can't remember That's this. The wrong I wasn't festy. <sighs> Oh my God, Fab- Fabio, Fab- Fabia, Fab- uh, Fabius, eh. Fa- something. You got to wear cute pants. I, I had to be bound, mm. but my she's she's gesturing to her breasts. It wasn't a BDSM. No, I was uh, yeah, I was my breasts were bound, and it, the uh, the woman who did our costumes, the woman who is the head of my college's costume department, is really good. And so it came in tight to the waist, and then flared out like a little skirt. But then I had pants on underneath it. So it was all about, like, all the characters were gender bending like that. Cool. Mm -hmm. So actually, I was in the production of Twelfth Night that that you're referencing right here. That's amazing. That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, hey, good call. Yeah. Yeah, the costumes are all right in this one, even if Claire does wear basically the same dress over and over. Mm-hmm. We get Jamie some... has that weird pillowcase outfit. Yeah, the weird, yeah. like, long between With the loincloths. We get to see some Theus. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of monk drag. Yeah. We get to see that. We're all born naked and the rest is monk. <laughs> I just thought of Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, that's basically where my head's at. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were the other, there was a jewel that you were saving from your parents for the Yeah, end. hit us with your parents' stuff to send us home. To my send us mom out. and one of her many uh, monologues about how wonderful <laughs> Jamie is. <laughs> He had so he had left the room during the sex conversation, and I guess came back in. He was like letting dogs in and out of their house, kind of a thing. I think I don't know. And he walks in, and she's talking about Jamie, and she goes, "Yeah, he's just you know he's a knight in shining armor." That's you, Papa. Oh, I was like, oh, my God. like that's you. You're my knight in shining armor. Louder milks. Oh, damn. But hysterically, I was like, no, Dad. Mom sees a lot of Jamie and you. Do you similarly see a lot of Claire and Mom? And it was dead silent. And my mom laughs and she goes, <laughs> No. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah. Your mother would be a much better time traveler. <laughs> <laughs> she loves she loves the Scottish Highlands and Lowlands. So loves she, it all. She would know a lot. Well, I hope one day your parents get to have a nice roll in the head out. <laughs> Heathcliff! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... That's so, what, Julie, what were we drinking tonight? Oh, we were actually drinking the yeah, singularity. singularity Oatmeal Stout from so Empirical Brewery. Empirical Brewery, exploring the science of beer. Thanks again. You guys are the best. It's delicious. It's mm. so good. Uh, we need to thank all of our Patreon patrons. You guys are the best, especially Jedlander Drunklin. I love you. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. Now, we know her real name now. It's just the best. It stays this way. Uh, <laughs> she joined Twitter for us. I know. It's great. <laughs> it's uh, fucked up. And it's Kelly actually Marie's Julie, everyone. I and just, um, it's just me. Thank you so much. Um, we also want to thank the rest of our Patreon patrons. You guys are great. Uh, and everyone who reviews us, it really does help the show. Please consider going and leaving a review on Twitter. Or not Twitter. You can't review on Twitter. You just tweet on Twitter. Well, you <laughs> I'm can. so tired. iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever it is that you're listening. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast. You can also follow us on Twitter at podlandercast. You cannot follow us on Instagram because we already share photos of Sam Hewitt on Facebook so what use would that be um, you should just follow us on Facebook you're welcome Wednesday every Wednesday mm-hmm. it, it starts nice conversations I think it really I think does. it does I'm actually it's, really impressed. It's, yeah. ooh, it's a dark time we all need a this, little this fuse. last one I felt pretty good about because it was just a smile oh it's, it's like, good uh, yeah, that's, that's a good smile uh, and you can follow our pal Amanda Laddermilk on Twitter at Mina10 that's M-E-E N-A-H-10. Uh, you can also catch her theater company, Adept Theater Productions. They're doing a stage reading on March 6th at Lincoln Loft. You can get more information on that at adepttheater.com. That's only if you're in Chicago. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, you know what else? If yeah, you're in Chicago, you can come see us in Down in Front, too, because Amanda and I both write for a movie riffing crew where we just sit around and make fun of movies like we're assholes. And on February mm. the 14th, I will be riffing The Fly at North Bar. Um, it's actually a really good movie. It's just disgusting. Mm-hmm. And then in April, yeah, we're riffing uh, Empire Records, and uh, the lineup's not set. Possible that Julie and I will be involved. One of us, maybe both of us, maybe I none of so. us. You can catch <laughs> updates for all of those at downinfrontlive.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening, and congratulations, you got through two episodes uh, that are really awful. <laughs> you I did mean, it. like really well made, but I mean. You got through it. So don't quit the show now. There's a great red dress coming. (laughs) Um, Ooh, and a hot Dick Fox. Oh, Dick Fox headed your way. Monsieur Raymond is coming. Mm. We've got Wee Fergus. He's on the way. We've got some great Murtaugh color. Mm -hmm. Like being real (laughs) grumpy and fuckable. Excellent Duke of Sandringham action. Yeah. What's in store for the rest of season one? Oh, you'll we'll get some more stuff out there before season three starts. So don't worry, you're not high and dry. We're gonna do another season one wrap up where we do our silly awards, and that's gonna be amazing. Um, and then we're gonna do a, what we hope to see from season three. There are gonna be two versions: a safe for people who haven't read the books version, and a probably shouldn't listen to this if you haven't read the books and don't want to be spoiled version julie and i will be splitting up for that one as she has not read the book so we'll have guests on those those will be fun uh and who the fuck knows maybe we'll do other things mm-hmm. maybe we'll rate every Dude lander 
Oh, and Dudelander, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll rate every character in Outlander by fuckability. <laughs> oh, I could do that. Number one, Jenny Murray. <laughs> Number say, one, Jenny be one, two, and three. three. Yes. yes. Right. Number four, Jamie. <laughs> Number four, Murtaugh. Number four and five tied, Jamie and Murtaugh. Yeah. Same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Woo! I like Ooh, the way you're thinking. I- that's ideal. <laughs> then probably Claire. That made me Ned Gowan change it up. No, Galus Duncan. Yes, Galus. Rupert's climbing the list. Mm-hmm. Frank, not the beach, obviously. No, but Frank Dick Fox. Oh, a nice he's, hate he's, fuck. He's higher up because that would be disgusting and awesome. Yeah. Woof. King of France. Yes. <laughs> Janine's cutting us off. We gotta go. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>